welcome boys, gals, non-binary pals, everybody in between, every race, creed, and color to this wonderful, wonderful end of the year experience on a little show that we are calling Boom Howdy's Howdy Cast. Now, I know you're thinking to yourself, this is your end of the year spectacular, and this is the first time you're doing an episode. It's 2020. Everywhere you look right now, everyone's talking about what a dumpster fire 2020 was, how terrible 2020 was. Let's be done with 2020. And we're being proactive here. We're looking to 2021, and we wanted to have the first episode of this little podcast, you know, to kick things off, to go into the new year with with hope and viv and vigor, which all might be destroyed by the time we are done with this episode. But the idea behind this episode is there's a whole bunch of different podcasts that we have on Boom Howdy, some that come and go, some that are old staples. And we wanted to have a, you know, a show like everybody else does, where maybe every two weeks, once a month, we get together and we talk about everything that's going on in pop culture. Maybe some movies we've seen, some video games we played, TV shows that no one's ever heard of that a good friend who's on the show just found a videotape of in a dumpster and really wants you to know about. Who knows? It's fun. Now... I wanted to assemble, like I said, the other people that we have on the Boom Howdy Network. I'm your host of the show, Adrian Torres. I'm also the EIC of BoomHowdy.com and the host of Horrorversary. But we've got a roundtable of some very wonderful individuals that if you listen to any of the shows on here, you've, you've definitely heard of. And if you haven't listened to the shows, then we'll, we'll give you, you know, the next hour or so decide if you should listen to them. But I really think that you should. Now, the first person that we're going to welcome on here is an individual who will tell you that he always drinks from the tap of nostalgia whenever he has a chance. You know him as the main man, B-Boy Bogus Bryce. Bryce Shoemaker. How's it going, Bryce? Of course, Bryce Hi, is coming Adrian. to us from the Forever Bogus podcast. Forever Bogus. That's right. And I don't know if you came up with the name of the podcast, the Howdy Cast off the top of your head right in this very moment but i'm pretty impressed i like the name it's i think you should roll with it i i wanted to do the boomcast until i saw that there was like four different boomcasts or the boomcast it so also sounds like, a little dirty so i don't i don't know i don't know what kind of direction that would go well, i mean when you see our other guests <laughs> <laughs> speaking of our other guests we have the dynamic duo who are constantly weaving in and out of your consciousness like something you maybe don't really want, but you love their dulcet tones and their bad, bad, bad impressions. From the Nightmare Junkhead podcast, we have Mr. Greg D and Genius McGee. Shots fired, dude. God damn. <laughs> First of all, okay, I was with you with like maybe you don't want him even out of your consciousness. Okay, I can understand that because, you know, but bad impressions, I'll fucking have you know. Like in my mind, that's exactly what people sound like. So, especially Buck, Bill Cosby. My Buck Flowers is fucking spot on. And <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as you believe it and you live your truth, that's what's important, genius. That's what's important to you. Am I already going to have to step in between the both of you here, even if it's virtually? Um, come on, get a room, you two, get a room. <laughs> and then we have another very special guest who's connected at the hip with Genius once again from. The Media Rewind Podcast, somebody who will not only kick your ass, but will also kick your ass when it comes to the world of all things action and wonderful on television. It's Mr. Dustin Pryor. How are you doing, Dustin? We're shaking, bacon. <laughs> I, I give you the best intro of all, and that's all I get? Wow, thanks. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I could have broke out with the, <laughs> but that's a little too spot on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you can see, the wonderful impressions already began. Yeah, I'm already having a great time. What? what are you talking about? What is the over and under, Adrian? There we, oh, there we hi, go. Adrian. See, see, see. It only takes like a total of three minutes, and then you regret this wonderful idea that you wanted to involve your friends in. <laughs> right. So what, what but, we do. This is also the content that that people on the internet apparently crave, I guess. Now, like and subscribe, (laughs) (laughs) review, but only on Apple Podcasts because that's the only one that matters. (laughs) (laughs) I I I still don't understand that, but that's if you if you go to Google and you let Google know, hey, I really like these podcasts. They're like, "Uh, okay, so. Okay, (laughs) Stitcher. Stitcher. When you reply to them, is like. Do you have Stitcher Premium? Would you like right. to try a month of Stitcher Premium? It's only ninety nine no, for three months. <laughs> if you if you go to Spotify, Spotify goes, we have podcasts now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's only it's only Apple. Like even the people who are like have the highest shows out there always mention to you, hey, just go to iTunes and rate our show because that's how the algorithm works. And you're like, okay, can you explain it? anymore and they're like nope that's nope. just what everybody tells us <laughs> that's it that's that's how we get the ad sales um i get now... all my podcasts through telegraph anyway so <laughs> <laughs> that's i i still don't understand telegraph at some point i i'll understand it so who knows <laughs> now i wanted to throw out a question to everybody because of the the time of year that we're in we're just a couple days from the the big holiday xmas or christmas or winter solstice or maybe you celebrate hanukkah or kwanzaa just whatever you guys do did you guys get anything cool gift wise for Christmas? <laughs> for, yes, for any of the things um, that I just listed. No, for opposite day. <laughs> for for opposite day? No, I just got a bag of shit for that. Um, no, <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <that laughs> you know, I really didn't get a chance to celebrate Christmas this year because of the the pandemic and stuff. So I really didn't get to see a lot of family members. So there wasn't a whole lot of like gift exchange. So unfortunately, my answer is no across the board for you. <laughs> That this is also coming from Bryce, who notoriously hates Christmas. Uh, I do. It's like the death. It's the bane of my existence. <laughs> and you can easily go on over and listen to any of the recent four episodes from Forever Bogus, where that gets brought up every single episode. Yeah, right at the beginning, right, right at top. I fucking hate Christmas. All right, let's get on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. <laughs> Genius, Greg, Dustin, did you guys get anything? Uh, thanks to a very kind benefactor that is uh, one of the co-hosts of the Meteor Rewind podcast, I now have in my possession a wonderful RoboCop 2, uh, I believe an 8-inch figurine that does include the brain of Tom <laughs> Noonan from the ah. RoboCop 2 thing. It's quite wonderful, and it makes a, a wonderful addition to my collection of figurines. Nuke. Yeah, yeah no, no nuke no. was included. <laughs> uh, I got this really cool mug from my niece, and she learned a, a very sad lesson this Christmas for it, too. Um, she got me this cool mug that has Jack Skellington on it, and it came with a little plush creature uh, a little plush toy of jack skellington and she goes you know what i tried to find something scary for you but it's hard to find halloween stuff at christmas time i'm like (laughs) yes unfortunately that is true she goes but here's this i thought she'd like it and i'm drinking from it right now it's great nice and i got pants boots and pants (laughs) no just pants 
Just uh, so, did you need I mean, pants? for the people that don't know, I'm a contractor, so I have to be active. So I have to have active wear. Ooh. And not like yoga pants, because that would be really weird on the job site. And but too I got, sexy. Like, I got like these really <laughs> awesome, like, you got like 900 pockets, and they're flexible. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. You, so when you need to do splits, you can go low. Exactly. Yeah, so I can go really low. <laughs> I like to see that. <laughs> are they, hey, are you they can. Low? It's that's, on our only yeah, fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Our only fan. <laughs> it's one dude. I like your pants. <laughs> you can probably get pretty popular on OnlyFans. <laughs> or, or we get banned from the right. internet completely. <laughs> nobody, if, nobody wants if, to if, see that. Yeah, I will. I give it away for free. Nobody's gonna fucking. That's why I broke all the mirrors <laughs> in my house. I didn't even want to see it. Right? I was gonna fucking pay. Uh, <laughs> Hit like and subscribe, everybody. <laughs> right. Thanks for coming to the show. Don't forget to smash that like button. Pew 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 pew. Okay, so at 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 this point in, in a regular episode, we would be covering <laughs> so some of the things that are going on in the world currently when it comes to like pop culture. And everything like that. But we're at a weird point at the end of the year where you don't really have a lot of news. You might have a couple signings or maybe this film's getting off the ground. But there there hasn't really been a ton of new news. Like, like the biggest news for the last couple of days was that Wonder Woman was getting a third film. Which the exec of the studio said that it was a long planned trilogy. Sure. That was then getting its third film. So you're like. At some point in one of the releases over the last several years, you initially said that this was going to be a trilogy, and now all you've done two days after you released the last film is saying, yeah, we, we are going ahead and making that next one. So it's not the most exciting news in the world? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> did, it, did anybody get a chance to watch Wonder Woman 1984 yet? I have. Actually, yeah. we, we all, all did. Yeah, it, and listen, it is a long movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are definitely some 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 issues going on with it, but I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, um, I got more out of it probably because of the baggage that I've brought with the year of 2020. And I think a lot of people will interpret the movie a number of ways. But it was kind of fun to see the invisible jet on the big screen. Uh, it was wonderful to see a woman cheetah on the yeah. big screen. And the fact that G- Genius here was trying to keep the giggles away because of the DeVito man cheetah. <laughs> I'm a man cheetah. Threatening <laughs> to make its way into the movie. But no, I had a blast with it. I'm going to take the rum ham, Diana. <laughs> exactly. See, there you go. And that's all that was going <laughs> like, through his head. Like I had a subscribe. good time with it. But let, I mean, it's a modern comic book franchise. Of course, mm. they're going to be pushing for a trilogy and what have right. you, sure. regardless of box office, you know, success or critical response. I enjoyed it overall. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, this is the best fucking superhero movie of all time. But I'm like, I had fun. It reminded me of superhero movies from the 90s. And I know that's mm, weird because it's right. set in 84, but the 90s superheroes had a certain tone. And that's what it felt like to me. You know, just. Big stakes and low stakes and just goofy, but played realistically villains, but yet they're over the, just kind of all over the place. And in the 90s, they were all over the place. So, yes. I, I think what Wonder Woman told me about 2020 is it's okay if you don't like a movie. I don't need to know about it because if I like it and you don't like it, it's okay. Yeah. You can have differing opinions. 
because everything else in 2020 has been a complete shit show. Right? <laughs> no, I, I really did. I, I appreciated it. I mean, it's one of those ones where you don't see, it wasn't Avengers. You know, you don't see 75 CGI people thrown up against the screen, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. Yeah. How was the storyline? Did the storyline actually keep you engaged or was it just like too whimsical? Parts of it. I won't lie. Part of me really would have liked to have seen Andrew Andrew Devoff in the role of the Wishstone thing. Mm-hmm. That's the MacGuffin yeah. of the piece. <laughs> because throughout, I'm like, oh, we're only missing the evil Jin from the Wishmaster <laughs> what series. What is your wish? Wonder Woman just roll over and die. I I would have gone with that. No, the the story is fine, and it does feel like something from a. 1970s Wonder Woman comic that you would have seen back in the day. And it does have that comic book feel. It's, it's refreshing. It's the fact that I think there's only maybe three major action set pieces in Mm, the movie. Yeah. Um, One of them is very Indiana Jones esque, which was kind of cool. The opening scene in the mall was wonderful. Yeah, it was. That was the best thing. It was, but it also (laughs) felt a little Superman to Richard Lester esque because of some of the slapstick involved. But like Genius said, it had a 90s tone to it, so it wasn't dark and dour. It realized it's fun. It's a comic book movie. Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. You're supposed to have fun with it, and I think they really did. Yeah, I had a good yeah. time. It wasn't was Batman. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. I mean, it wasn't. Well, like I said, it wasn't great, but it was yeah. good. Yeah, I like. I, I was. I was going to say, speaking of of uh, dark and dour, of course, this neck or this past week, alongside Wonder Woman 1984, the big film that was making news all over the place was the fact that Tenet was getting released on um, you know Blu-ray and 4K and VOD for rental well sorry not technically rental you could buy the movie digitally you still have to wait I think two weeks to be able to rent it but for all the people who didn't end up um, you know risking themselves going out to seeing it uh, in theaters in the middle of the summer it, it was it was the first chance that they had it and so you had takes coming out left and right and, and, and people talking about the movie. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I'm I'm going to, you know, brace myself when I have both two and a half hours to watch the movie and then two and a half hours to process how I feel about the <laughs> film and then four days to stay off the Internet worrying about do I tweet anything and have half <laughs> the Internet come from my head and then half rejoice. So have, did you guys get a chance to see it yet? I nope. have not yet. I've heard, no. I've heard okay. mixed reviews about it. Okay, here's my mixed review. I did go and see it, and I left three quarters of the way through. Oh, gosh. And Exactly, and I'm not a person that does that. No. But I'm going to say this. I also saw Synchronic this year. Mm. I stayed all the way through that, and I really think that Benson and Moorhead have a better grasp and ideal of genre and being able to do it within a budget than what Nolan did. Because Nolan, it's, it's a messy – and listen, let me just say this. I'm not a smart person, so I'm sure there are elements of the film that went over my head. I'm too stupid to understand, but I was lost in the movie. I was not engaged with any of the characters, and the last time I walked out of a movie was uh, Austin Powers' gold member. I was, <laughs> you not gold? No, the flaky Did you skin. go with your father? <laughs> Smoking a pumpkin? Hey, hey, actually, the, the last film that I saw with my dad and my entire family as a family unit together... Uh, was gold member <laughs> classic so but that was one of the last times that we visited uh my dad before i went off to uh college when we were visiting him in seattle and we had other family members there with us and he was like hey you guys want to go see gold member and 
We're like, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize if I triggered any PTSD, Adrian. No, no, it's, no, no it's, it's, it's fine. I just, it's when you think about it, um, you know, that's, you, you don't normally associate families with uh, any of the Austin Power movies or like the family getting together and being like, let's go see that gold member <laughs> film. Well, I've actually saw all three with all my family members, not all my family members, but like <laughs> my stepdad. And it was probably the most awkward experience. And I don't know why we kept there doing it two more times, but whatever. Um, when the second one came out, when Spy Who Shagged Me uh, came out, I was away at a leadership camp in uh, Colorado for like the weekend and the the place where the the bus was stopping basically and dropping everybody off was Salina, Kansas. So my mom and my grandma decided that they were going to come out, you know, to to be able to pick me up so that I didn't have to like take a different bus back home. And they got to Salina too early and there wasn't anything to do except for go to the to the movie theater which was the only thing that was open and the only film that they were playing at the movie theater was the spy who shagged me. So my mom had to sit <laughs> Sounds like through a really bad twilight zone episode. <laughs> the spy who shagged me with my grandma and there was nowhere they could go. So they didn't have the benefit of being like Greg and walking out of a movie three quarters of the way through. <laughs> you know what? I'm not proud of it, but I just couldn't get through it. It was just one of those limits of endurance. I, I couldn't, I had to tap out. I had to tap out, Well, but I was going to say, here, here's here's the thing, you know, no one's talking about it, but there's no way to talk about Tenet without talking about Austin Powers. So at least True. we're having that discussion here. <laughs> I'd like to worry. We're, we're, yes, we're, yes. we're putting out positive discourse in the again, the dumpster fire that is 2020. Get in my belly. Right? <laughs> All right. In the... You merely adopted the mojo. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't shag people till I was nearly a man. That is amazing. <laughs> now, the the last story that we're going to cover is Netflix recently put out. Uh, they don't really release their numbers to let you know, like, how many people have watched a show, because I, I don't know what they're really afraid of. Basically, everybody has Netflix and a whole, millions of people will watch most of the shows. But I guess they're really worried about releasing the numbers. But uh, they did reveal that Tiger King is the most watched original Netflix uh, show of this year. So because that bitch Carol Baskins. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. Exactly, exactly. And, but the question that I have, since we're talking about 2020, and we had you know people not be able to go to the theaters, not be able to go do stuff that they're normally going to do, whether it be you know the summer, for the holidays, any point of the year, do you think that Tiger King benefited from the pandemic do you think that it would have been as big as it was were people not stuck at home and starved for content when that came out i think it was the sweet spot because that was released what in march like right when lockdown hit mm-hmm. and everybody and their grandmother has netflix and i and once the 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 title caught win and caught fire everybody wanted to check out tiger king so i think it definitely benefited from the pandemic I think it I think it did, but not so much where it would be like, oh, God damn. I mean, it was a worldwide phenomenon because we were all stuck at home. But I think because it was so batshit insane, there would have been that word of mouth mm-hmm. and that all. And there was still so many viral things going on. 
it still would have got a lot of notoriety and a lot of people would have saw it and talked about it. I know they're both like both Greg and Dustin. Like, did you see it? No. Did you see it? No. I watched every fucking second of it. I ate that shit up <laughs> like to the point where I was like, how can this get any more insane? Oh, okay. So let's add a woman who killed her husband and fed him to tigers. Now, how can this get even more insane? Oh, let's add a cult leader in swingers, right? I'm yeah. talking about Tiger Lamore. Were there pineapples on the front there porch? There was pineapple. <laughs> tigers, pineapple, and meat, like honey glazed ham and shit, right? So, like, no. And how does it get any more? Let's throw in the gay marriage subplot where he's talking about his balls like tater tots in front of a priest. You know, let's get more insane. Let's add conspiracy theories. This fucking thing was Wait. nuts. Nuts. And just another reason Steve, why I will not be watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Dustin, you will watch the, the movie where Nicolas Cage plays the Tiger King, right? Oh, absolutely, because it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that bitch, Carol Baskins. Uh, he's going to uncage the tiger within him. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy too. <laughs> Do you like Joe Exotic songs? I find them particularly great. He oh, puts please on, tell me Nicolas puts, Cage isn't gonna hang dog. No fucking yeah, he puts on the he puts on the fucking uh, Tiger King song. I saw a tiger. It's fucking full on, full on. And we call this one the cherry on top, cool cats and kittens. You know, just like. <laughs> he will you, play you Carol Baskin. You did this. <laughs> like and subscribe. Like. <laughs> did they, have they released who's going to be playing Carol Baskins yet? No. Okay. I kind of figured that McCarthy wasn't a hot topic yet. Melissa McCarthy should play Carol Baskins. <laughs> yes, I would watch that. <laughs> as as with uh, any Nicolas Cage production, that's not um, a you know thirty forty million dollar film. They announce him so that they can get the rest of the financing. Yeah, and probably three months before the film comes out, when they start shooting it, that's when we'll find out who other people are. Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr will play Carol Baskin. She'll make a comeback. No, they don't want very people to watch the movie. Right now, but... <laughs> they don't want people to boycott the movie. I don't want hate tigers. <laughs> it's all a publicity stunt. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Blaming Carol Baskin is going to take a lot different turn if it exactly. broke hands in it. Exactly. So, like, you know whose fault it is? Stop it, Carol. No, no, <laughs> we don't. Nope. No, quit. <laughs> Because this is an end-of-the-year spectacular show that we're putting together, we had to have List Incorporated in here. Now, normally, we're you know, most people are going to do top 10 lists, but because we've got so many voices here and the voices like to talk over each other and then do impressions while talking over other people, we're keeping it to five. But the other thing that I wanted to say is that the majority of lists that you're going to see out there are going to have the word top in there for top and best but these are the faves, you know, these are the faves of the people that are going to be discussing them. Some of them might be ones that end up in, you know, um, top tens that, that you see out there for most critic groups or, or websites that are out there. But favorites different. And in a year like 2020, when you had so many films that didn't come out and you had lots of VOD films or festival films or indie films that got to rise to the to the top, you had a different I, I I don't want to say, you know, different types of movies that people were looking for, because the people here, I think, we're all going to search out, you know, 
the movies that we saw anyways, but for lots of people, they were getting to explore subgenres or films that they might not normally give a chance to. And that's why we wanted to do favorite. They might not be the best, but they're the ones that hit you, you know, in that sweet spot. And for 2020, I think that's all kind of people wanted at different points. They just wanted to find something that, you know, they could enjoy or, or would fill them with joy for a short period of time and didn't maybe have to be the, the creamest of the crop when it comes to, you know, cinematic films. But I wanted to start with a great outlier on here in Mr. Bryce Shoemaker. So Bryce, <laughs> start us off with, with your uh, top five favorites for this year. Okay. So I'll start with my my fifth one and work my way up to like my number one favorite of 2020. So my number five is Candyman. Um, number four is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, we're talking about films that actually came out this yeah, year. Yeah, that, that was oh. the reason why I had the whole intro there, Bryce. No, no, God no, I'm damn kidding, it. I'm <laughs> Unless you're going to tell me that you fucking came back from the future and yes. watch these movies and you can tell it's not it. worth it. I would tell you it's going to bomb. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay. we, we kind of assumed that might be the case, but thank you for ruining 2021 for us. That was no, a cruel you... sting. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you are right. I'm the outlier. I think everybody else would probably have like a sci-fi horror thriller in their list because they're kind of a genre podcast, but uh, mine has a few documentaries in it, and the rest of them are like comedies. I do have one horror movie I think everyone may have uh, watched during the uh, Tricks and Treats little festival, online festival. But my number five is Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy, The Wren and Stimpy Story. Yes! I wanted to see and that. this is a, a documentary about the Wren and, uh, and Stimpy show from the 90s and how like, it was manifested from John Kay and like the roller coaster of emotions that came with that. And when I say John Kay, I can already see Adrian giving me like a stink eye. Um, they do get into the whole like pedophilia kind of stuff with John Kay in, in the documentary, which I wasn't for sure how they're going to handle because it is kind of a touchy topic uh, for multiple reasons. And they actually confront John Kay about it. And he still like plays it off like it's not a big deal. And it's really weird. And it ends on kind of like a bleak note. But I absolutely loved it. And I didn't know the whole full history about uh, the Ren and Stimpy show until until I watched the documentary. And that was fascinating. And I was like on the edge of my seat the entire time because it is a, an emotional roller coaster from beginning until end. And what was your next one? We're, we're, we're going through your whole list here. Oh, the whole list. OK, yeah. OK. I was just waiting for somebody it's, it's, to it's five. No, chime no, no, in no. or we're, whatever. OK, we're, we're, we'll have people chime in after each list is done. But I want you to be able to to say your piece uninterrupted on each. OK, of I appreciate that. I'm not used to that because my uh, co-host, Jamie Killsby, always likes to put uh, <laughs> in his word, which I appreciate. But anyway, uh, number four is definitely the Borat subsequent movie film. I think this is the film that we needed in 2020, especially like around the closer to the end of the year. And I feel like it wrapped up the last four years for me, at least just for me, like dealing with memes and the election, our president and our pandemic and how people are handling it, the different sides of everything. And I thought it was handled pretty well. And I have to say that the comeback for Borat was very sweet. And I love that. Um, the third one is Bad Candy that I watched during the Panic Fest Tricks and Treats. And this is uh, one that was directed by Scott Hansen as one of the first films I've actually uh, watched from him, but I heard really good things about him. And it kind of reminded me of Trick or Treat, just because it's like a Halloween anthology, but it had its own flavor because I really, really love the wraparound story that really, it doesn't make it feel prevalent. Like you're not constantly reminded about the wraparound story, kind of like uh, 
trick or treats, but um, all the all the segments were very different, very intense, and I loved every single bit of it. Really enjoy that one. I can't wait until that actually is released where the masses can watch it. But uh, man, I was so happy that I could watch it before everybody else. So definitely, when that comes out, everyone has got to watch Bad Candy. Have, have you heard at all where it might be? Uh, releasing is there any word on that or i looked it up before this because i wanted to have a little bit of something to talk about but nothing nothing so far there haven't been any release on distribution or anything but um i've seen shutter has been buying out a lot of like independent uh movies like uh, scare package and stuff like that so hopefully it may land on shutter or maybe just vod or something but um yeah that's as far as i know nothing's been released Hmm. um number two is vhs Mm-hmm. where I got to watch at Panic Fest. Um, Eli from Magnetic Magic Rentals and I got to host this one at Panic Fest during the uh, uh, initial screening of it. And this is like a serious nostalgic acid trip. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch it while you're at Panic Fest, but this one, like, it still comes back to me ever so often, just like little pieces of it. It's just an amazing trip. And I love the concept of it. And I forgot who directed it, but this is like one of his first like uh, full length films. And he did such a terrific job, especially with like the subject matter and how it was shot and all the all the talent he got, too. It was just phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. So that's definitely one I think you should seek out. I think it is available on the Internet to to rent. It's mm-hmm. the, the answer was Jack uh, Henry Robbins. Yeah, Jack Henry Robbins. I knew that. Yeah, I forgot. Of, he had a serial killer. Is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's wonderful. His his parents will really appreciate that since his parents oh, are I'm sure. T- Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And my number one favorite film of 2020, it came out, uh, yeah, in November. We actually got to interview the creators of this documentary called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all the, the podcast, my podcast listeners saw this one coming. It is like the love letter to the golden days of Nickelodeon. And I grew up during that, those golden days. I'm sure you guys maybe caught wind of maybe the end of it or something, but it still like touched on every single thing that I loved about that. They brought in so many great talent, so many great actors. And even like the head of Nickelodeon was interviewed for it. And Mark Summers was there. Like they, I was very impressed who they brought in and the storytelling was on point. And after interviewing Scott and Adam on our podcast, um, I got to find out kind of the, the insider knowledge that they had like hours upon hours of footage they had to go to to break down to create a story. So there's mm-hmm. even more footage out there, at least in, in they're on their computer or whatever, that's just sitting there with probably even more great stuff. Now I was hoping that they would like include as like a bonus or something for their DVD, but unfortunately not. So hopefully, fingers crossed. They'll come out with like a Blu-ray later on down the road and incorporate all that that stuff. But there you go. My top favorites of 2020. I recommend all of them. If you haven't watched any of them, I, I think you should seek them out before the end of the year or start off the, the new year with some great films. Hey, Bryce. Yes. Uh, do you think in that footage that they have, they have any of that uh, maybe lost footage to find out um, how old Eddie McDowd ended up being? <laughs> You know, I was a little disappointed that they didn't include Eddie McDowell in, in that documentary. But I think we've uh, swayed both Scott and Adam to maybe do a sequel 
Uh, maybe mm. like the dog years, the Eddie McDowd story. So you figure out exactly what happened to Eddie McDowd. See if he turned back into a teenager or he's just a, a rotting corpse in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, I was going to say, besides the fact that he's dead. Oh, he's definitely dead. The show was canceled in 2002. Yeah. And it, it's 2020. So <laughs> Yeah, he's long gone. He's, he's probably <laughs> dead. He, he may not have, you know, completed the 100 deeds, but... He maybe got to 99 and then died. I don't know. Well, you know, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is when we, that, that's, that's exactly when we open it up for everyone else. Uh, had you guys seen uh, any of the films that he had on his list there or any thoughts to share on those films? The Nickelodeon one sounds cool. I mean, do they have anything about you can't do that on television? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. Uh oh, some green stuff. And I heard about the Red and Stimpy one. I mean, growing up with the Red and Stimpy myself too, I was like very interested in that. And like, yeah, I'm interested in finding out how they tackled that subject of of his improprieties. Yeah. Genius was such a Ren and Stimpy fan back in the 90s that uh, actually one year for Christmas, he got me a log. Yeah, I went out and fucking cut it myself <laughs> in the log, snow with log. a fucking shovel, singing it the whole time. Fucking uh, Dustin's gonna have a great Christmas present that rolls down pairs alone in the stairs, you know? Rolls over your neighbor's dog. Right? Nope. It fits on your back. It's log, log, log. It was a little more awkward the next year when you ended up getting him an electric fence. (laughs) As long as you don't whiz on it, you're fine. Right? Well, what am I supposed to do with this if I don't whiz on it? Well, let me ask you a real quick question here, Bryce. Yes. Um, I had the opportunity this year to watch for the first time the WNUF Halloween special. Oh, my God. Oh, I was yeah. so excited it, that you guys covered that on the show because it is we did, and it was one of my favorite Halloween, like recent Halloween movies. It's incredible. It's so good. But does that have any kind of a any kind of connective tissue to VHS in terms of kind of the compilation aspect? Um, I said the compilation aspect and like how spot on they are with the aesthetic of like it, it feeling aged and feeling like it was shot in the 80s. Uh, I, I would say yes in that aspect, but it's completely two different films. Com- okay. They deal with two different uh, subject matter. Like one deals with like a, a divorce and one deals with Halloween and craziness. So, And you get to <laughs> wow. decide which one de- deals with divorce. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, I think that's what I really liked about uh, VHS is, is what it does with it. Because something like... WNUF it works really well because of how grounded it is and its aesthetic and making it feel like it was made at that time. Yes. And so you, you do have, you know, the, that satire and that nostalgia feel from it. Um, whereas VHS does prey upon that, but it does so to wear down uh, your boundaries. So when it does go some rather crazy places in uh, the, you know, the second and third act that you're, you're more susceptible to uh, accepting it on the ride, whereas the WNUF is is still grounded in in, in more so just having fun and the experience yes. of watching it. I agree, and that's what I liked about W uh, VHS is that they had this yeah. boundary between reality and uh, this made up reality, and then by like the third act, it's just demolished, like it's very faded. You can't really tell, and I really like the direction that it goes into. I, I highly recommend that. That was almost my number one favorite of 2020, but after recently watching the Orange Years, man, it it stole the place very quickly. Now, did they tell you guys how? Because I don't remember off the top of my head, or maybe you you know in general how long the Orange Years 
have been in development? Because it was, it's, I know it's been a labor of love for a while. It has been. So I think they started the, uh, I think it was Indiegogo or GoFundMe or something. And I think it was 2014. So it's been like a six year long project. I think they actually wrapped up filming and production. I think it was last year, the end of 2018, because I did contribute to, I think it was Indiegogo, and uh, I didn't hear anything about it for the longest time. And then out of nowhere, you get a random email saying like, hey, an update. And I'm like, who are you? Okay. <laughs> and then they started um, the, the PR for it, and I started seeing advertisements, and I was like, oh, shit, this is actually going to be a, a big deal. And so I think it was a labor of love over the six years, and I they did such a terrific job. I think they've got like um, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. So that's a pretty big deal for a documentary. All right. So then we're going to jump over to Greg here. So Greg, when when you are ready to do so, rattle off a, um, the the your five favorite films. Well, as Bryce did definitely mention, yes, I do co-host a weekly horror podcast, <laughs> and when I realized we were going to be putting this together. Yes, there are some horror films on my entry, but my first two that I'm going to talk about were a few of my favorite theater going experiences this year. And they're decidedly non horror. And my number five here is a panic fest alumni or alumnus. I should say, uh, Karen main actually had her short. Yes. God. Yes. Play at panic fest, which then became a feature film this year. And if you ever wanted to see a an awkward coming-of-age kind of boner jam <laughs> featuring the girl from Stranger Things, and no, not, not that girl, the other girl, and will forever change the way you hear the song, Whoa, heaven let your light shine down. <laughs> There's a scene in this movie that had me and... Several people in the theater guffawing and laughing, and there were awkward laughs throughout this film. And it's basically a young woman coming of age and being sent to this Christian summer camp as she is discovering her sexuality. And it is sweet. It is saccharine. It's kind of sleazy in a way. This is she actually has to like sneak onto her um, supervisor's computer to see what tossing salad is. <laughs> It's a very innocent movie. It's set in the mid-90s. It was charming and such a surprise. And I think throughout the year of 2020, I've been looking for laughs whenever I can find them. And not only did I get the laughter, but I got a nice, sweet message, which I wasn't anticipating with this film. But no, yes, God, yes. So freaking good. Loved it. Now, my number four movie, <clears throat> one of my favorite action films of the year that also had a lot of color, a lot of sass, and featured the most scrumptious, sumptuous scenes of a breakfast sandwich I've ever seen. I am talking Birds of Prey and the fantabulous em emancipation of one Harley Quinn. You all might scoff, but <laughs> that was one of my favorite films from this year. And it comes from the fact that it is fun and one Mary Elizabeth Winstead knew herself mm -hmm. has one of my favorite performances this year, the Huntress and her reactions. And I don't know if it's because I'm socially awkward and she portrays socially awkward, but Oh Lord, Mew was my spirit animal this year in that film. Some of my favorite action scenes were in there. Some of my favorite bits and exchanges of dialogue. 
this was, and I've never seen the Suicide Squad. And I went in and I saw this film multiple times in the theater and had a friggin' blast. <laughs> now, number three on my list is another one that is a lot of fun and brought me a lot of joy. And is another one that played Panic Fest, but unfortunately I didn't get to see it at Panic Fest. But thankfully I was able to experience Extraordinary. And yes, yes, Cosmic Woman, la la la. <laughs> I Willy stick. the Willy Stick. I <laughs> fell in love with Maeve Higgins' portrayal of Rose. There is so much awkwardness to her character, but I was rooting for her throughout. The laughs were genuine. The pathos was genuine. It has one of my favorite endings this year of a movie that made me pull a genius and go. <laughs> At the very end (laughs) and had me rooting for someone, which I very rarely do in any kind of genre film these days. So if you have not seen Extraordinary, do yourself a favor and seek it out. And my last two films are decidedly horror. Number two is very near and dear to myself, to genius, I think to everyone here in Kansas City. But thankfully, I've heard a lot of praise outside of our little city for Jill Gavargazion's The Stylist. Oh, yeah. And the ending of that movie is still sitting with me there. It's so haunting. And again, the character of Claire as portrayed by Najara Townsend is next level. And let's just face it. When you get to see genius McGee shaking his groove thing on the big screen, (laughs) I can't wait to see that. See an arrow (laughs) Blu-ray here eventually in 2021, (laughs) but also Jill, and company knocked this one out. Mm-hmm. It's if you haven't seen it, I hope you get a chance to see it on Blu-ray when it comes out. But we were thankfully lucky enough to see it as a cast and crew screening on the big screen. And oh boy, does it hit. And speaking of hitting my fifth and final movie is one that is equal parts scary and sad. And I think is going to be the one that we are talking 10 years from now, Adrian on Horrorversary here in 2030 when i'm guessing for the damn, <laughs> i'm calling my my spot right now <laughs> i am talking eric and natalie james relic mm. and i'm gonna have to do it carefully because even talking about it now i will start to well up with tears of sadness tears of sorrow tears of terror this movie affected me in so many different ways And if anyone out there has dealt with trauma, loss, or dementia in any kind of way, I do think it's a film you need to see, but be prepared because it's going to wreck you. And I've had some mixture of movies this year, again, with the laughter and the pathos, but this is the one that stayed with me. And I'm willing to watch it again, and I want to watch it again, but it's a movie I have to prepare myself for because it's not one I can just go into willy-nilly with a willy stick. I have to prepare myself much the way I used to with like Maniac or any of those variety of films. But it's one that I think people should seek out. It is scary. It is sad. It has three amazing performances. Uh, In fact, all the movies this year that I saw have some standout female performances that I think will test the, you know, the time here in genre. So my top five, what do y'all think? I want to see Yes, God, Yes, Now. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds great. And 100%, I'll agree with you on uh, Birds of Prey. That was such a fun movie. And Mew did great. 
New- they all did great. Yeah. And Rosie Perez, oh, Holly, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know. lost all the Joker's money. <laughs> what, what you're not seeing is the, the grimace Adrian just made because I do have him pulled up here on video, and he's like, "Oh." <laughs> you know, I watched Suicide Squad, and I was not impressed with it. That was one of those that, like, I ended up turning off about halfway through. So it left a really nasty taste in my mouth, and I was really afraid to go watch Birds of Prey. But you pretty much convinced me to at least check it out. I enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's yeah, so not fun. Suicide Squad. Good. I didn't watch Suicide Squad, and I was not lost. So if that tells okay. you anything, it's basically <laughs> its own separate entity. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like I said, I genuinely had so much. I was sh- surprised because I went in with low expectations and walked away going, damn. I want a breakfast sandwich. I, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I will just say, lately here, I did have a friend introduced me to this breakfast sandwich that is brought patties so that she's literally split open a brat, Ooh. made patties. Add some bacon, Colby Jack cheese, eggs over medium, and, and then the trick is a pretzel bun with raspberry jam. Ooh. That sounds it's like good. a heart attack waiting that, to happen. But you delicious. had to sign a waiver with this bad boy, <laughs> sincerely. But Probably. There are scenes in Birds of Prey that is all just, it's like George R. R. Martin wrote the scene. And then they had someone from the Food Network film it because <laughs> it is damn near pornographic, her relationship with this bacon egg sandwich that is throughout yeah. the film. And I love it. And that's when the bacon and egg sandwich is almost like the film's MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. The MacGuffin. Awesome. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. You beat me to it, you bastard. <laughs> but no, I had fun with my movies this year. Like I said, I laughed. I cried. I experienced a roller coaster of emotions. And, you know, 2020. We all went through that ride, but thankfully there were some movies that assisted me and got me through the year. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on on the film that he had on there not featuring a breakfast sandwich? Um, I was very surprised on Extraordinary. I came in kind of blind. I heard about it uh, the prior year before it premiered at, um, at Panic Fest. And then I came in and I laughed my ass off the entire time. It was so well done. And as you said, like she did a fantastic job being like awkward and like holding herself in in a great way. (laughs) Like she killed it. She was on point the entire time. So I really enjoyed that one. Martin, 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 Martin. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminded me of uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place a little bit. Yeah, And and I love that. I love it so much. All right. So we're going to jump on to Jay's list next. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mr. Mr. Genius, let us know how crazy is your list ahead of time. Prepare us. (laughs) It's it's insane, but it's not insane the way you think. It's going to start off with one that I don't think anybody here at this table might expect me to come up with. So so what you're saying is number five might surprise us. Yeah, in in an odd way that might surprise everybody. Uh, My number five, huh? Like and subscribe. Like like and subscribe. We gotta get those clicks. We, 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 we've got to have those tags on there that make us clickable, right? <laughs> Hot takes. <laughs> Don't forget to share. Okay, no. Um, and eh, oh, find me on OnlyFans. Um, no, my first number five. It's an old school western. Tom Hanks's News of the World was such a delightful, fun western drama. There wasn't any shootouts. He wasn't. It, it was lo- road to perdition light, hmm. but in a way that fit. And I 
am convinced Tom Hanks can do no wrong. This movie is gorgeous. It's sweeping. It's a great simplistic story. It's basically kind of like it's true grittian, mm-hmm. but it, it done in a Tom Hanks way. So it's less grit. Ooh. So <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed News of the World. So that doesn't seem like one that I would choose, but I I loved it. Um, my number four pick is Relic. This movie made me ball ugly cry. This movie hit me hard. The director, uh, Erica... Um, Natalie James. Erica Natalie James. She was able to put on celluloid what a lot of that feels like. Mm. And she was able to do it so well where it just not necessarily hits you on the head, but you're like, yes, that's exactly what it feels like when you're dealing with something like that on all three aspects. And the way that it ends so Mm. bleakly and the fact that it's not going to stop bleakly and sweetly which is such a weird balance to do and it did it so well it it was it hit me hard it hit me really really hard um my next one the world has been too much a24 and <laughs> way too much a24 and we need to go back to old school fun horror movies i think horror works best when it's either telling a metaphor sadly like relic or telling a wonderful fun story like freaky freaky was such a fun movie it came out right at the time when i needed it it came out when i needed a laugh when i as a horror fan i was tired of all the bleakness because it can't fucking rain every day. You know what I'm saying? You've so, never been to Seattle, pal. Right? But even then, even then not every day is A24. Very right? true. Very and it, true. And it doesn't, it doesn't rain as like, often in I, Seattle. What? I'm, I'm going I'm to go to bed. I know that's a joke that everybody makes, but it's not It's not as much as you think in Seattle. Well, everyone as, is sleepless. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. In Seattle, but fuck it. Just, um, just, just talking bad things about my hometown. I see how it is. <laughs> No, but Freaky was so funny. Vince Vaughn put such a good performance where I'm terrified of him, like in Brawl and Cell Block 99 one second. And then the fact that he's like running and and (laughs) prancing through a parking lot was done so well. The the gore was great. The story was fun. Freaky Friday the 13th. How can you not have fun at that premise? Freaky (laughs) Friday the 13th is great. And I loved Freaky. It was just that breath of fresh horror air that I needed. Number one, I'm sorry, number two. Um, I did not know that I needed to see a movie where Elizabeth Moss talks to herself for an hour and a half in a room alone, but The Invisible Man did it for me. Such a good movie. The scares, uh, the whole uh, suit itself, that it, the fact that it can trigger people's freakouts, heebie-jeebies without even trying, I loved it. What? I thought the right. I thought the story was great. With the diner scene, made my jaw drop. I was like, oh, "Holy shit!" I was oh. not expecting that. Lee Wanell consistently puts out good shit. I mean, everything from Upgrade to the Saw franchise, anything he touches to me is worth it. Um, and my number one movie was a Panic Fest <laughs> alumni. When you can open up a movie with a Simpsons reference. When you can have a movie 
that has so much heart and yet its title is Uncle Peckerhead, when you can <laughs> fill the screen with blood, literal shit, and charm, you have something so special. The music in this movie is uh, so good. So fucking good. <laughs> the it fits perfectly. works so well. The chemistry between the actors, and the fact that Uncle Peckerhead is this cannibalistic monster but yet the most helpful person you'll ever want to meet he's <laughs> fucking charming and i fell in love with this movie so for my number one of 2020 bar none uncle peckerhead and uncle Puckett, peckerhead was at panic fest the actor was at panic fest so you get to see oh, him no. walking around interacting oh, no. with everybody G oh no 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 lost his mind yeah Jesus no you don't understand mind. bryce i was there at the q a and uh once for the Uncle Peckerhead screening, uh -huh. and once he came in, I was like, "Holy shit, it's Uncle Peckerhead!" I legit like freaked <laughs> and fanboyed out. Experience again? Like, <laughs> no, I didn't fall or hurt anybody or myself. I was just more like shocked and like, "Oh shit, it's Uncle Peckerhead!" So yeah, I enjoyed it. He both warmed my heart and scared the shit out of me at the same time. Wow, that's great. So, yeah. Now you you want to talk about how long this year has been? If you were really excited by both Bryce chiming in there and Genius's reaction to Uncle Peckerhead. It's actually on Amazon Prime yes. right now. Mm -hmm. It's so worth you can, buying. You, actually, it's, it's worth watching. You have to buy it. Yeah. You subscribe. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if you have it's Amazon worth buying. Prime. No, it's worth buying. Yes, yes it right is worth buying. It. Yes. Buy it after you watch it. Yes, there you Just go. Just immediately, right away. So I've actually downloaded uh, Relic. I, I bought it on VOD or whatever, and it's just been sitting there because I've heard so many people talk about like, how emotional it is and like i've been trying to prepare myself since i downloaded it i don't know over a month ago and like i still haven't put it in found it in me to watch it yet and you guys are not helping at all <laughs> like you're saying it's fantastic but it's also like gut gut wrenching so oh yeah oh yeah. new year's eve new year's, new year's eve, eve. Do, okay do I'll, i will do that do, I will do it do on new year's eve you 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 got married you moved into a new house you've had all these wonderful moments and then destroy it on the very last day of the year <laughs> by Relic. watching Relic. <laughs> All right, I'll re I will report back and let you guys know. <laughs> Prepare yourself, my friend. Prepare oh, yourself. Man. Okay, okay. All right, Dustin, have you had enough time since you were the, the last person who got added to, to this group this evening? Do you, did you have enough time to come up with a, uh, five favorites? Oh, yeah. And, and mine are going to be shockingly action. <laughs> I mean, figure that one out. What? Um, what? No, it's and, and, it's and these the are debt no... collectors one through five. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, it is Scott Atkins. <laughs> no, um, no, honestly, I'm not going to I'm not going to rank these just because I liked all of them kind of equal across the board. Uh, but the first one I remember catching was Extraction uh, with Chris Hemsworth, Thor. It was the the Netflix original where he's kind of the the better Jason Bourne. Yeah. And uh, I remember I actually remember like recommending that one to you, Genius. I don't I like know if it. you watched it. Yeah, yeah but I like it's it like the the set pieces weren't all shaky cam. No. I mean, and Chris Hemsworth kicks ass. I mean, did a what, good job. Yeah, you know what what better? There you go. Um, one that I I think Greg can can attest to underwater. Oh yeah. We won't we won't give away the ending, but I remember. I remember really thinking during that film, I'm like, man, Kristen Stewart is like, she's not Bella anymore. You know, and I hate saying it that way, but it's that I don't really search out a lot of actors. Like, a, you know, if I see them in a movie, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch everything that they've ever done. Right. But I remember thinking, it's like, that's not Twilight. She's actually really, really good in that movie. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah, it's like underwater alien. So I mean, yeah, you, you can't really beat it. Uh-uh. Um, a little no or a little scene one. Uh, the outpost with Scott Eastwood. It's about uh soldiers in in Afghanistan fighting the Taliban. Hmm. I'm dude. I'm big on the bang bang pew pew. Right. <laughs> well, with, so, yeah. like, you know. And since there's no John Wick movies this year. Yeah, exactly. Right? Since we since John Wick 4 got pushed, yeah, right? we, we don't well, have the Baba and, Yaga. <laughs> and, and this one was a little bit weird, too, because it was going to be showing at uh, South by Southwest. Uh, that's where it was going to be making its premiere and mm-hmm. kind of using that word of mouth to, to get more eyes on it. And then, of course, when everything ended up getting shutting down and they, you know, pulled the festival. It didn't be able to have that. So they kind of had to to do what a whole bunch of other movies that got pulled from big festivals did where they kind of had to decide, okay, are we going to wait for another festival to try to pick it up? Are we going to just go VOD and see what happens? And if you don't have um, word of mouth on some of these films, you know, to try to get people excited and, you don't really have, you know, a big push for a trailer or anything like that, then it kind of uh, goes under the radar. So that's interesting that you were mentioning that one, because I think that's one that maybe a lot of people haven't even heard about. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, it was like they they kind of like pigeonholed Orlando Bloom in that film. They they didn't use him as like the, the lead name in it. And it, it kind of shocked me, honestly, because like. So he's like a B-lister? I mean, not a B-lister. He, no, he, he was, was B-squad? Yeah. It, well, not necessarily B-squad. He just wasn't like the the, the lead role. And I was like, Orlando Bloom. I mean, has he really fallen from grace? But yeah. I remember really liking all of the actors that really took the limelight from him, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, shocking. I, I got to go with my bald brethren. But uh, I loved Bloodshot. I, I don't care what anybody says. You can you can talk about Vin Vin Diesel being gravelly as hell. I gotta see it. But I'm a comic book geek through and through, and I liked Bloodshot. The only the only grievance I had with that. So I mean, are, are we past Festivus now? Yeah, yeah I think so. we're past Festivus. But uh, my airing of grievance is that he wasn't white. You know, he wasn't painted white. No. But I mean, I like the action set pieces in that movie. I mean, it was just dumb. You know, it was just dumb action. Just dumb fun sometimes. Yeah, that's what and, you want. Dude, I'm sorry, but 2020 has been bad for pretty much everybody. And like, yeah, I, I recently listened to the, the nightmare junkhead guys and they talked about like kind of the catharsis is knowing that everybody was going through it together. You know, if, if that's a, you know, a cathartic kind of moment. Right. But it's like, I, this year was especially hard and I just needed to shut off. I didn't yeah. want to think I'm like Greg, Greg says he's not the brightest. I'm dumb as shit when it comes to <laughs> movies. So that's the reason why I go with action. So it's like Bloodshot. It came out. I'm like, all right, cool. Vin Diesel. Let's do this. Nice. And well, then my, it's, uh, it's, I, I was going to say it's okay because I think that's what everybody was telling themselves in the in the auditorium when they were seeing the movie to make themselves feel better too. Dude, I, I say this every year. It doesn't have to be a pandemic year. <laughs> You're talking about a man who's who who's like top five action consists of Commando and Predator. So I mean, there you go. I'm, I'm not even <laughs> mad at that, dude. Fucking. You can't go wrong. And then uh, I would say my my last one. Uh, yeah, I know we give a lot of love to Panic Fest, but one of the things I like most about that festival is the fact that it's not just horror slash like psychological trauma like genre kind of films, mm-hmm. but VFW. I yeah. love. I was VFW. waiting for somebody to bring up VFW. I mean, <laughs> it's I, it's uh, it's 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 fifty fifty right now. Not because well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean, any any time like you know, you, you get the nostalgic factor with bringing in Martin Cove and you know Fred mm-hmm. Williamson and those guys, and then you have the non-naked yoga William Sadler, you know, and, and then you have Stephen Lang. I mean, I just I just like the film, you know. I just 
It's, it's it another fun. one of those ones you just shut your brain off for a little bit and you're good to go. It was violent. Yeah, Fuck. yeah it was very violent. <laughs> we're we're going to to if, if you want to see the movie, go see it uh, for yourself. But unfortunately, uh, with lots of stuff that's happened in 2020, not just the pandemic, but there's been many things that have sent ripples through um, the whole filmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so it's difficult to bring up a movie like that without addressing the elephant in the room. So we won't really go into it. You can read into it, but I feel like anytime you mention certain movies like that, you have to mention the disclaimer uh, with things that were surrounding it. Yes, we know that lots of the people who are involved with the film don't do anything bad and aren't a part mm-hmm. of anything bad. Yep. And because they accepted money from people or maybe they had certain actors who act a certain way um, isn't going to reflect on it. But we are at a point where we have to address these things. So that's why I, I apologize. I don't want to seem like I'm speaking for you. I'm speaking for myself. And I do feel like it's uh, it's an important thing just to mention that, unfortunately, as fun and as great as a film like VFW is, it's going to be one of those that is going to have a cloud over it for a period of time. And hopefully we can we can get away from that because of the filmmakers who, you know, were involved with the film. And we know they're going to keep on making things in the future. And that's great. And so as terrible as it sounds, I hope they make things that are far better than that than VFW, because, you know, we'll 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 be able to continue to champion them without having to worry about that, that, you know, umbrella. No, and, and no, you're exactly right, Adrian. It is important to put the the proper lens to to everything. I mean, because 2020 has kind of allowed us to to look at things a little bit closer mm-hmm. because everybody is more, I guess, aware of everything happening around them. So no, you're spot on, man. Spot on. I didn't want to take that moment away from you because it is a really fun and 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 crazy film. It's just that the everything that's happened since like it made its premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, last year at you know at fantastic fest and everything it's just it's 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 2020 that's what we'll say yeah i am long overdue for a good action movie so i'm surprised of your list and i'm definitely going to take some of those recommendations and run with that i was very always always ask dustin (laughs) (laughs) he's our go-to guy from the show when we never have horror action or anything like yeah let's bring in dustin (laughs) <laughs> he's so as any what does anybody have any other thoughts about uh the film that's on uh dustin's list which i think came out to be rather varied mm-hmm. yeah i really dug extraction dude i forgot about that one yeah. that was a slick movie i i remember that was right after i think it came out like late april like right after lockdown hit uh-huh. and i was like damn you know movie theaters are shutting down what the hell are we gonna do kind of Here's thing fucking thor yeah and it's like I mean, I like Chris Hemsworth. I mean, I, I do too. You know, and I, I just I like him as Thor. And I was like, come on, just break out of that role a little bit. And I remember really liking that film. Going, okay, so he's not Thor anymore. Man, this is violent <laughs> as fuck, too. No, and I'm supposed to have to check out. Is it shot in like not a first person style? No, or? it's 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 not shot first person. It's not like Saving Private Ryan, where there's a lot of like um, POV. I hate saying there's not a lot of POV. There's not a lot of. Um, I don't want to say story, but like Saving Private Ryan is very story driven. It's contemplative the, this, action. The, yeah, exactly. There you go. So Perfect. this was yep. contemplative yep. action as well. Yep. Okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, well, it's it's done by uh, Rod Lurie, who did uh, the Contender, the Last Castle, uh, the remake of uh, Straw Dogs. So oh, if, yeah, if, okay. If you okay. if you're familiar with those films, it's 
it's got that type of action to it. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out. Hmm. All right. I'm telling you, though, watch Underwater. I know it's on my <laughs> list, dude. I totally But here's the thing. I got the. I know what the ending is. I got the ending like spoiled. I know it's what still the big... a good movie. I know. I still want to watch it, but it was yeah, just I, like. JJ, it's it's one of those films that even if you've had the ending spoiled for you, actually seeing it yeah. is yeah. is different. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's I'm a... I'm all for watching it. You know, I'll yeah. watch anything. Like sometimes buys. My list is is a list that I've that I dreaded putting together because I'm, you know, I'm somebody who tries to be more of a I'll cover all movies, but I try to be more of a, a at times serious uh, reviewer. And part of that's, you know, because I'm I'm part of the, the Kansas City Film Critics Circle. So you when it comes to doing lists, you, you try you're forced into doing the, you know, the top ones and thinking of, you know, the most serious and everything. So being like Nomadland, First Cow, which. <clears throat> are really good films and if you get a chance you know definitely go see them even if genius is going to crap on a24 even if it's not horror so <laughs> i'll give it a chance i'll give it a chance yeah. i mean first cow first cow definitely definitely check it out first like cow Earth. nomadland they're, they're really good films but i wanted to go a little bit all over the place now some of these films for the most part are ones that either flew under the radar or i saw at film festivals so i want people to put them uh, on their list. They're not in any order because I didn't want to do that. I would lose my mind. And one of them is actually a tie. But that's how I decided to do it. So uh, the first one that I wanted to mention is I think the easiest one uh, for for people to see. And that's Spontaneous. Hmm. No one else saw it? Okay. I don't think I saw Spon- it. No. Spontaneous to me is one of the films that kind of showed uh, people who are saying, you know what? All certain studios want to make is young adults adaptations so let's take the weirdest and most out there young adult adaptations and turn it into a film and spontaneous is a movie uh where a whole bunch of high schoolers start spontaneously combusting uh (laughs) but when they spontaneously combust it's literally like blood all over the place exploding and so they group up you know the kids uh you know, who are survivors who are in this grade class where people are dying and they kind of have to go through this thing themselves. And a couple of them, you know, will band together. There's people who fall in love and stuff. And you you have the main two characters who, who fall in love during it. But the movie reminds you every several minutes, Hey, anybody can die at any time. It doesn't matter if we spent the last several minutes with this character, they could die. But what helps sell it is that it's done in the tone of like a Heather's. Hmm. (laughs) So so you have this really, really dark comedy that's going on throughout it. And it was a lot of fun and just really, really <laughs> surprising. So it's it's definitely a film to to check out if you want something a bit different. Um, the next one on the list was the true history of the Kelly gang, um, which is from Australia. It's about, of course, uh, Ned Kelly, uh, but it was done in a different light. It's kind of a punk ish take on Ned Kelly would be the best way. Uh, to describe it, I forget the actor's name and I hate myself right now, but the guy who was uh, the lead in 1917 plays Ned Kelly and this movie. And the film follows him from when he's just a, a little kid to up until his death. And it follows his entire career. But everybody who's in this movie is absolutely amazing and giving it their all. S.E. Davis is fantastic. Russell Crowe is the shit in this movie. Hmm. And he's only in it for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. And when you see him, you're like, 
oh yeah, Russell Crowe's basically doing kind of the Bruce Willis thing in a whole bunch of movies where he's barely awake and he wants to collect the paycheck. And yet in the few minutes that he's in the true history of, of the Kelly gang, he's vibrant and alive and he's great. Nicholas Holt is great. And the movie's just all over the place. It's really gnarly and in your face. It just has this very punk feel to it, but it's lots of fun. And then just gets really, really dark towards the end. But it's, it's great. It's definitely a neo-Western that I, I recommend to anybody who, who likes that type of film. Um, another one that kind of fits in between these two movies was Dinner in America. Dinner in America is a film that when I first started it for about the first 20, 25-ish minutes, I hated it. Like, absolutely hated it because the movie feels like it's trying to assault you and it's trying to make you angry and it's trying to piss you off as much as it can. And then all of a sudden it starts to peel back its edges and becomes this incredibly sweet and moving and angry and fantastic film. That's probably got one of the best uh, original songs that's created in the movie that just gets into your head. And Kyle Gallner is He's sensational in the movie. Everybody's sensational in the film. But it, it was interesting how much I hated the movie and then came around to having it be like one of my favorite films of the year because it just it really gets under your skin and it's really, really good. I don't think that one's fully out yet because it's mostly been at festivals, but it's definitely one to put on your list. Um, and then I've got an action doubleheader. Uh, one of the movies is called uh, The Paper Tigers. And the Paper Tigers definitely harkens back to kind of like the Meals on Wheels uh, years of, of, of Jackie Chan with Sammo Hung and Yen Bio, uh, those type of movies. But it's about three guys who uh, were hot shit when they were in uh, high school uh, because they had, you know, the same sensei and everything. But they could basically they, they were the best of the best in, in this town. And then the world just kind of came by and they got older and they became adults and maybe weren't so tied into their gung fu as they were supposed to be. And the, as with any good, you know, uh, Kung Fu or in this film, gung fu, as they call it, um, type action film, it end or it begins with their, their master's death and them having to, to team back together and, and figure out who it is that, that killed their master will also, you know, harnessing their their skills and everything but it takes a very uh slapstick and goofy uh up approach to you know the fact that these guys are old and you know one of them had a knee replacement surgery you know one of them sells insurance nowadays and, and they're not really you know as skilled as they used to be but it's got a lot of heart and then when the action kicks in it's really well done and you have lots of fun with it so it's just a real solid throwback film that that i think if if people who are a fan of of old school action films gave it a try they'd they'd really uh, fall under its spell <laughs> and then the most out there film that i can think to uh suggest and that i really loved and anytime i think about it i just want to watch the movie because it's i don't to me it's magic it's not the greatest thing ever it's very cliche it's extremely derivative but it's directed by Johnny Toe, so it fully fucking works. And that's Chasing Dream, which is basically the story of an MMA fighter 
and a woman who's competing on an American Idol type show who fall in love. <laughs> and part of the movie's a musical. <laughs> and part of the movie is Rocky 1 through 4. <laughs> and when I say that, I'm not joking. There's a point in the movie where if you start paying attention, you're like, wait, this is this is Rocky 1. And then a few minutes go by and you're like, wait, this is <laughs> this is Rocky. This is Rocky 3 that I'm getting right here. And then later on you're like, wait a second. We're not we're not going Rocky 4 here, are we? Yeah, so, okay, we're we're going Rocky 4. So with a little bit of Rocky a robot five. shows up. Happy birthday, Polly. I think there might be a robot in one scene, but it's not very important. But no, but the movie it's it's made by Johnny Toe, so he just goes whole hog. And you can tell that Johnny Toe is somebody who absolutely loves film and doesn't really fucking care if you're on board for how insane things are going to get in this movie. I believe there's at least one to two random musical breaks in the in the middle of the film where characters haven't been singing for the rest of the movie. And then all of a sudden it goes into this what seems like a dream sequence, but is actually real where everyone's dancing and singing in the street. And then it goes back to the regular movie. But it is it just has so much energy and life and is making fun of everything. It absolutely uh, tears asunder all of the competition shows, whether it be So You Think You Can Dance or American Idol or The Mass Singer or any of those shows, it completely demolishes them and shows just what a mockery they all are. And then on the MMA side of things, it's it's equally as hilarious and it's filled with lots of action and lots of singing parts and none of it seems like it should work whatsoever. And it's just absolutely intoxicating. Like I said, it's not the best film. There are so many parts that are overindulgent, and it definitely overstays its welcome. And like I said, it's derivative. You've seen this type of movie before, but just the way that Johnny Toe films it, you you just get wrapped up in its spell again. Sounds That's interesting. For, for a second there, when you said it was like about a talent scout or a talent thing and an MMA fighter, I was like, and music. I was like, is this cutting edge? Like for the new, new millennium? You know, uh, in in I mean in in a in a way. Uh, but, but not exactly because I mean, it's, it's weird how like the characters are like, if I explained how the two characters initially get entwined, yeah. you'd be like, what the, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about in this movie? Because like, there's a girl who, uh, it owes some money because of a bet that she placed and a couple other things. Who's basically going to be, uh, pimped out, uh, oh, by shit. the guy who is the manager of the MMA fighter. So the MMA fighters know I'll use her for something else, trying to save her from that. And it's just like from right off the bat in the first five minutes, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And why am I watching any of this? And you say that probably 172 times throughout the film. But each time you have this giant grin that's building on your face because it's it's just it's the most ridiculous film of this year. I haven't heard of any of your movies, dude. That's like maybe spont- <laughs> maybe spontaneous, but when you said it was like about that and like and Heather's, I was like, teenage combustion. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. Yes. Yes. No, that 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 yeah. Watch spontaneous because yes, that that totally fits in with the film. Well, and thankfully, Adrian, I do listen to the Pure Cinema podcast. So <laughs> thankfully with some of these I am familiar with. But familiarity is it. I haven't seen any of those. However, I did just watch uh, Meal on Wheels this year for the first time. So I'm Dope. definitely, you know, it was great. 
Uh, so I'm definitely in the vein for that. So I will definitely be seeking that other one. It was what was it, it was paper the paper tigers paper tigers perfect yeah because it, it definitely has you know the three of them uh are like i said uh they definitely have that slapstick feel mm-hmm. between them at points you know they're very serious in what they're trying to do but you have the all those goofy pieces so you know um the uh meals on wheels my shooting or my lucky stars those type of films that mm-hmm. that those three guys did back in the day you know would have serious beats but then you know would would have Kind of the I'm looking at uh, right over Bryce's shoulder right now, and I was going to say the uh, the old Abbott and Costello or or Three Stooges oh, yes. type, type beats and and jokes like that. Like there's there's a uh, a guy who was the character that the three guys always beat up when they were younger. Like he always wanted to try to 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 be the one who was better than them. Mm-hmm. And while they've got on with their lives, he he's the one who's devoted his entire life to 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 becoming a karate master. And yet the way he's portrayed in the movie is is still a very over the top and, and laughable character. So he he's actually good at his fighting, but he's still completely over the top and and, and ridiculous. So it, it it has a lot of heart and levity to it that that makes it really fun. Hmm. Now, to throw everybody off, I wanted to ask a question because we've been discussing these films and we've been discussing movies that you liked. It can be a film that's, you know, from your list or it can be just another one that you have in mind. But what is a movie that each of you guys have that you enjoyed this year that you feel is either a future cult film or maybe too many people slept on this year? So I'm going to start backwards and we're going to start with Dustin. Oh, slept on? Um, I'd say extraction. I really would. You know, if if it's coming off my list, I mean, dude, it's it's everything that the Born trilogy or anthology should have been, and in about an hour and forty minutes. Huh. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. That works. Okay, genius. Let's move on to you. Um, if it was, if I'm going to go straight on my list, it's going to be Uncle Peckerhead. I think people are going to be talking about that genre thing, but I had an honorable mention that I think might get a lot of like stumble upons that I really enjoyed. And it was such a weird movie that I think it's, it needs to be a niche. And that's Skull the Mask. <laughs> it's this, um, what Portuguese? I, no Mexico City. I think yeah, it was, it was it was a Mexico um, Aztec mask that when you would wear it, you became this like tentacle Jason Voorhees slaughter machine, and your arm would become a machete, and you just go around for the sole purpose of killing as many people to open up the gates of hell. So I'm sold. I I thought it was <laughs> great. It was bloody. It was violent. It was awesome. That one is definitely a good one. That we caught that for Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. All right, Greg, we're on to you next. Then I'm gonna go. You know what? If we're talking Chattanooga Film Festival, the one that really affected me, and I've heard some people talk about it, but uh, the Beach House, I think, Ooh, down the line, yeah, will eventually find its body horror audience. But it's got an all-time foot scene that I think maybe even Quentin Tarantino Tarantino (laughs) might have some issues with. But it affected me. In fact, the last of it, just that Don't Be Afraid, this still stayed with me. So I'll go to the Beach House. Is that the one with Keanu Reeves? 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, maybe with some squiddly diddly. Ooh, okay. Squiddly okay. and diddlies. All right, uh, Bryce, we're on over to you. So we initially made at our top ten. So I still have like five films I could definitely talk about. But I think the the two that went under people's radar was Rent a Pal, which is now on uh, Hulu. It's a pretty cool concept, and also Jasper Mall. It's a documentary about uh, a dying mall in uh, Jasper, and um, it focuses around like um, the person who's like serves as a mall like superintendent and also works as like a security guard and caretaker and just follows him around for like six months. You get to introduce a lot of really cool characters and stuff that uh, frequent the mall a lot and uh, pretty touchy touching ending as well. So definitely two, I think has gone under people's radar this year. All right. The one that I'm going with uh, is a film that I think everybody in this group, if they saw it, would absolutely fall in love with the movie. Uh, it's the film that I'm sad. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's made it out. I don't think so because I saw it at uh, Nightstream. Is when I saw it, but it's been in my head every single day since. And uh, it's just. I, I definitely think in, in the next ten years or so, it's going to be the movie that each year finds um, a new crowd and hopefully. Uh, develops a giant cult following and that's frank and zed and frank oh, and zed oh, yeah there we go i knew that bryce would would have that, it on that's there the when puppet, I, like halloween special isn't it it's it's a it's a uh a, a puppet movie like the entire thing is done with uh puppets beautifully done uh, puppets some of them are done just as felt and some of them are you know uh have plastic and stuff with it and the best way to describe it is that if um, if the Muppets put on a version of Evil Dead? Yeah, <laughs> I, from the commercials and the trailers yeah. I've seen, it, that, that sounds pretty accurate. That's that's basically what it is because you've got Frank and Zed, which Frank is Frankenstein and Zed is a zombie, and they are uh, two uh, cohorts of a sort who live in a castle and basically help each other out. And have a, um, a, a like very much down to the T a daily routine. You know, when the day begins, one of them goes about you know doing certain chores in the house, and uh, Frankenstein will end up uh, finding um, like an animal brain to feed to the zombie so that he doesn't try to go on a murderous rampage. And <laughs> and they keep this uh, this castle in in order, but unfortunately. There was uh, a deal that was made, you know, years ago with this evil entity, um, you know, to basically rule this land and keep evil away as long as this line of people stayed alive. And uh, the king who's sick is the, the end of his line. And if he dies, it'll bring about basically the end of the world. Um, it gets rather complicated with a whole bunch of machinations, but uh, you have a gratuitous amount of death and dismemberment. And geysers of blood and <laughs> limbs that are torn asunder and body parts that are destroyed in, in this film. And it's all with puppets, but it's it's amazing. And you're watching it because it goes from just having the puppets to then having puppets with literal geysers of blood that are involved <laughs> and shit and vomit and just everything you can think of. That's gnarly and over the top. And the movie is just it's it's so enjoyable and like you don't expect when you're watching it for the beginning that it's going to be able to uh go on and stretch out the whole time for the 90 minute runtime 
But at the same time, that is made with all this care. It, it has a real irreverent sense of humor uh, that at times gets very meta with everything that's going on. That that does have that uh, the Muppet Show type feel to it. And so it definitely helps it coast along. Hmm. Time the are gonna have Gore and Viscera. Yay! <laughs> that, that's if you guys uh, get a chance, definitely go check out the trailer uh, after we're done talking because I I think you'll you'll be going, oh shit! How can I watch this movie? Yeah, I agree. You have me at Bloody Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> Now, of of course, everybody wants you know to focus on uh, everything that's been crazy uh, in 2020, and that's why we wanted to choose our favorite films and everything. But it, it's great that we have this group uh, together because everybody's either they would have done it in a normal year, or they've maybe had more content that they they were, were planning on doing, and that podcasting was something along with you know all the TV shows and movies that that were definitely put out on streaming services that podcast kind of found this they've been getting popular for years and everybody had a podcast but i think this is the year where more podcasts came out of the woodwork and more people who maybe didn't normally listen to podcasts were giving a chance to listen to them you know to to fill the time and you you saw numbers hugely go up for for listenerships on all these different platforms and everything and that's why you saw people like spotify say we're not just going to have access to podcasts. We're we're actually going to push them forward and we're going to start producing, you know, more podcasts because this is where everybody's at. And the individuals that we have on the show all um, put together podcasts, you know, mostly on the Boom Howdy Network. So we wanted to go around with each of the hosts and we wanted them to choose three episodes that they think that you guys should definitely give a listen to on their show that that they're proud of in this past year. So. Bryce, let us know what shows people should listen to or what episodes people should listen to of Forever Bogus. Well, all of them, of course. Um, <laughs> we actually uh, we thought we were going to end the podcast in 2018. So in 2019, we really didn't record anything or Jamie and I didn't talk about producing anything. But once uh, the pandemic hit and we were in lockdown, we, we were like, we have no other option. Uh, but but to do podcasts, to be creative in some way, can't leave the house. So let's do podcasts. And we decided to restart the Forever Bogus podcast, which is all about like the nostalgia from the 80s, 90s and early aughts. And uh, this year we focused on a, a cornucopia of topics. But my my top three episodes, I think you should definitely check out. And they'll actually kind of ease your way into um, how we formulate our episodes and our comedy and everything. Uh, the, the third one, uh, I'm going to go with the third and go to my first. The third one is a um, forever boogus Halloween podcast episode uh, that where we covered Halloween costumes from pop culture. So we definitely talked about Roseanne. Um, I think we brought up uh, Mean Girls at some point. I know it's not like a, a Halloween movie or people don't aff- affiliate it with the Halloween season, but there's definitely a Halloween costume in there that we highlighted. So, uh, I mean, I recommend all the, the Forever Boogus Halloween podcast episodes because they're all fun. And I think that you should keep the Halloween vibes alive year round. <laughs> but uh, the second one is our in-betweener episodes. As we took a different take into our formula, instead of like our flagship episodes where we focus on one topic, we kind of brought multiple topics to the table and talked briefly about that. Uh, but the first one I thought was really great. We talked about... Uh, a weird hot pocket concoction that they made back in like the early <laughs> 2000s. Um, that was very interesting. 
And it's fun to hear Jamie talk about like his obsession with action figures and how like he obtained them in like really weird ways. And uh, we also over also, the fence, <laughs> over the fence, exactly, and trying to get it with like the the pool skimmer. Um, and I also love that we brought up like what's worse, and I can ask this to the group too. What's worse when you were a teenager? <laughs> Was it worse getting caught playing with action figures or jacking off? Jacking off. Jacking off. See exactly. <laughs> jacking off significantly worse because like <laughs> at least I had twelve inch GI Joes. Uh, I guess it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so we definitely talked about that during our in-betweener episodes. So I think it's another full, uh, fun introduction to our podcast. What, what's what's the name of the episode, Bryce? It's called what? What, what are the name of? In but in but wiener, but you can, <laughs> you can find it in betweener. Uh, that was that was all Jamie. Jamie's a horn dog. It, it's always fun to have him on the show. But but anyway. <laughs> The number one episode I think you should definitely check out if you want to get into the Forever Bogus podcast is our interview with the creators of the Orange Years. And we go like really in depth with uh, uh, their their past with uh, Nickelodeon and their childhood growing up with Nickelodeon and their thoughts on Eddie McDowd and uh, their thoughts on like uh, your favorite dad from a Nickelodeon show. So that was, I think, a lot of fun. And it felt so natural. It felt like we knew each other and like we were just best friends growing up. It was just a natural conversation. I really, really enjoyed that one. Probably the most so far this year. Well, we're at the end of the year this year. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I do think that if everybody wants to uh, start trial by fire, then the orange years episode is the best one. Uh, just because you can tell the chemistry that you and Jamie have, but then yeah. also how well you work w- when you have just anyone else on, because it a it sounds like the interview lasted four hours long and you just chose like a 30 minute snippet of it uh (laughs) just just because of how it's it's bouncing off the wall really well everybody's feeding off each other you're getting great answers but you're also having fun it doesn't have um it's not like black and white it's like question answer question answer well but but i mean it it doesn't it, it doesn't have that that monotone nature to it. Oh, it doesn't yes. have, Oh, so here's the question I'm going to ask you. Oh, here's the somewhat formulaic answer that I'm going to give you because I've been asked the same question yeah. 75 different times. Like y- you guys do get answers out of them, but you're doing it in a more organic and natural way that you're putting them at ease. And so they're willing to be more open with the answers that they give you, which I think reflects really well on you guys. And that's why that's a really good episode to start with. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate that compliment. And now we're going to move over to people who don't deserve compliment. No, I'm joking. They, <laughs> they deserve all the compliments. We still in the love you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fire. But yeah, yeah. Genius and Greg, what, what are three episodes that you think that people should dive into when it comes to the exhaustive backlog that the nightmare junkhead <clears throat> group has because you guys you guys are you're over 500 now right oh no no we we hit 250 oh, no? this year 250 so okay. we're almost there but i mean that's still that's still a, a giant backlog so we'd probably be at 300 if we counted like shutter shout outs <laughs> and shit like that yeah, yeah let's just let's just say we we talk a lot to uh, you know people that aren't there but if we were to look at <laughs> like for me an episode at least this year that I'm not necessarily proud of but it was definitely a bucket item list is our uh hardware our live hardware episode we did from panic fest where we were lucky enough to talk with joe lynch uh not only did we get to talk hardware but we talked a multitude of films from 1990 
And genius in him had a little short circuit two moment that was mm-hmm. just magical to <laughs> hey, to those, witness. Those locals kick your balls into outer space. Uh, but just to be able to share the stage and the fact that we've been podcasting from Panic Fest for many years now, where we were literally up in the vendor loft to the vendor pit of doom to all the way there. So it's just been kind of a nice thing. So I would definitely say any of our Panic Fest live episodes, genius. Do you oh, have no, another? Keep going. I got three different ones. Oh, I was going to say also this year, um, our Shaun of the Dead episode was mm-hmm. a good one. And I would also say it took us 200 some odd episodes, but we finally talked Jaws this year. So if I was talking <laughs> on the main feed, I would check out those three. I think they're a nice little representation of what we do. You know, Jaws have been has been spoken on for many, many of years, but I feel like you guys did did it justice. I really enjoyed that episode and I really appreciate your guys' like, insight into it and your opinion about it as well. So yeah, I agree. That's a great episode. It just for me, it's the fact that we we were able to actually riff on that guy that Quint shows up with his little <laughs> his little Ed Game friend. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I have scoured the internet to see if anyone else talks about that because I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't find that funny at all. <laughs> She's also a favorite. <laughs> okay, so I went a little bit of um, not deeper dives, but not necessarily on the main path. Um, one of my favorite episodes we did re- well, actually this first one is on the main path when we did death race and death race 2000 and I had a on air meltdown with like my voices fighting each other, all my impressions. <laughs> so when you said you want to hear bad impressions right off the bat, I mean, that's a good way to start off with them. Welcome to the show. We're talking about David Carradine and Jason Statham. So like, <laughs> and Ian McShane and Ian McShane, <clears throat> Frankenstein, 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 right? So that was one of my favorites. Um, one of the uh, Patreon exclusive, hey, pallies, we do is New Horror. And um, one of that ones oh boy. was gl- our review of Glenn Danzig's Veronica. Oh, um, <laughs> of which we do detail, Adrian, your story over at Cinepocalypse into eventually us talking uh-huh. and reviewing the film. I will never forget that movie <laughs> as long as I live. Uh, Lenek Breaker is cemented in my mind, as so as well as the specialities. Um, yeah, I think that movie was just so ridiculous that the conversation lent itself to ridiculousness, and it's still one of my favorite ones. And I think um, one of the, that we do is in injunction with Screenland Armor, uh, where uh, bi-weekly, we have since since the pandemic started, actually, was a thing called the Shutter Shoutout, where we highlight two videos or two movies on Shutter, and then we record a video about us, like a post chat and whatnot. Um, but I think the one that we did with Prevenge and The Baby. The Baby. The Barber is, <laughs> is one of my favorites. Um, the whole, baby doesn't walk. Baby doesn't talk. And the fact that that movie was so batshit where you had to tell somebody, you have to talk about that movie. And that was a cathartic and fun experience to do that one. That works. That works. Now, I thought it was interesting uh, when you guys mentioned uh, or when Greg mentioned uh, the the hardware live episode and you were talking about uh, Joe Lynch and genius uh sharing a moment i thought you were going to talk about when genius caused joe lynch to melt into the couch on stage uh when it came to uh gremlins shenanigans i stand by my statement gremlins 2 is significantly better than part one 
It was, yeah, because they they were talking about movies from the 90s. Um, Greg mentions Gremlins 2, and Jay goes, Gremlins 2 is the shit! It's the shit! (laughs) That was a pretty good impression, by the way. (laughs) Adrian actually does a pretty good impression of me. I'm not going to lie. I've seen it multiple times. He gets the the cadence and the enthusiasm (laughs) correct. And so I can't do the net crack, though. I can't do the net crack. (laughs) But. And while he's like the second that he does that and he's er erupting in only the energy that genius has, Joe Lynch, like who loves the original Gremlins, just you see his mic just become flaccid in his hand and he's just kind of sunk into the couch, just like, oh, I don't have my. okay. (laughs) (laughs) it comes at night. Exactly. So that I mean that it, that's a that's a magical and uh, and and great episode that that I completely agree with that. You, you know they they always have great guests on that show and they always have great discussions in general. So I think a really good way um, to jump in onto the show is to go back to one of the brighter points of 2020. But then last but not least, we have Dustin here. So Dustin, let us know over at the Media Rewind podcast, what three episodes from this year you think people should jump onto? Oh, good God. See, now, th- this was this was tough <laughs> for me because 2020 saw a cease to every television show that right? we were doing. Exactly. Um, some got canceled. <laughs> some went into pandemic kind of halt. And uh, Genius and I were really scrambling as to what the hell we were going to do because it's like, we, we sometimes have breaks, like mid-season breaks in our show that coincide with the shows that we cover. And it's like pandemic. We didn't know if any of these shows were coming right. back. Um, I would probably say one of one of my favorite, all-time favorite, is d- the only diet you're ever going to see Genius and I on. But we, we absolutely gush over Scott Adkins, you know, Mr. VOD King. Mm-hmm. And we, we went on the Adkins diet this summer, and we talked <laughs> Avengement. And there's a lot of people that haven't seen that film, and that is a goddamn travesty because Benjamin is incredible. The fucking shit. <laughs> Just soccer hooligans and 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 pints. That's all you gotta know. And Scott Atkins. Right. So that was that was probably my favorite episode that we had done. Um one of the other ones was, you know, we, we I know it's a series, but we really tried to encompass everything that we do. And we stole it from Nightmare Junkhead <laughs> when they do Into the Mouth of March Madness. But we did Media Rewind's Badass Bracket Beatdown. We took 32 of our favorite action characters from movies, television, everything, comic books. And we came up initially with a list of like 77, yeah, 78. Yeah, it was huge. It was and, and we had to whittle it down to 32. And, and we just pitted them against each other in just this random, you know, random bracket like March mm-hmm. Madness. And I mean, I really like the way it turned out. I think Genius and I a couple times were pretty pissed off at each other's answers. Yeah, we, were. we were surprised at each other's I answers. Was totally surprised how the way it came out. But um, you know that that series uh, was just one of the ones that I was I was most proud of, just because it 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 allowed us to do something that we don't typically do. Um, and then just. Honestly, the the Walking Dead when it came back for the the episode sixteen, and the reason why that was so special is because during the summer, I mean, we were, were scrambling for what we were trying to do, but it really you know signified for us at least that our shows were coming back, mm-hmm. that we were going to have some resemblance of normalcy. You know, I understand that a lot of shows have kind of gone back into COVID protocol, and 
you know, you've got a lot of stoppages and starts and, and whatnot. But for me, that was like, I always, I, I really do relish Sundays because that's the time that Jay and I can get together and just kind of sit, act like we're smart and talk about zombies. So, you know, <laughs> that's kind of my shtick. <laughs> that works. That works. I, I think that any, anyone who's a fan of either TV or, or action really needs to, to, to listen to the media rewind podcast. Cause you're going to definitely get something that, that definitely scratches an itch that you either knew you had, and you were searching for people who felt the same way or scratches an itch that you didn't know you had, <laughs> which you, you might need to cream get checked for. out. Jesus. <laughs> Strawberry flavor. <laughs> I'll, I'll go very quickly with the, the, the horrorversary uh, episodes because uh, we had a slight break because unfortunately we did have uh, an episode like this for horrorversary that that got um, that brought together a whole bunch of individuals and we recorded for two and a half hours and then the episode died sadly so I can't include that one but in theory that would definitely be one of my top three because of the discussions we have but the first one I wanted to point out was um, an episode on prom night that had uh, Ryan Larson um, who if you are in the Twitter sphere and you uh, you know many things about horror. You know that Ryan Larson is one of the the most uh, giving and caring individuals out there who just wants to, to to make everybody happy and 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 you know be a part of their life. And he's got the the Keep Screaming podcast as well as writes all over the place. And and getting to to sit down and discuss Jamie Lee Curtis and disco for an hour was you know. <laughs> Just absolutely wonderful. Um, another episode that I think everybody would enjoy uh, checking out was the episode that was done on uh, Piranha 3D. And that's because for that episode, we had the one and only Matt Donato. So having Matt Donato talk aquatic horror and talk cheesy aquatic horror is just something that, you know, everyone always needs uh, to listen to. Um, and then the one that I, I enjoyed so much uh, this year and, and felt really lucky to have this individual on was getting to do an episode on ginger snaps with Meredith borders of Fangoria and ginger snaps is a movie I, I absolutely love and just getting to talk about what makes that movie, you know, so much fun and getting to talk to somebody like, like Meredith borders and getting, you know, her to, to dive into the female aspect of, of the film and everything was, was a lot of fun. So I definitely think that those are three episodes that everybody can can easily jump in on and, and, and get an idea of, you know, what the the show's about and just get some some really great voices to listen to there. I really enjoyed can your we, uh, American Psycho episode with I think it was Brock. Is that right? Yeah. With with Brock Wilbur. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one because you covered both the book and the film and like the differences and everything. And then what you guys thought of it. I, I, I really enjoyed anger, that one. Yeah, the anger that came up. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't <laughs> believe that. But yeah, I really enjoyed that one as well. Okay, real quick shout out to Birdie there in in the picture. Oh. <laughs> but was it this year where you talked with Patty Murphy and Blair Witch 2? Yes, yes. That, that, was, was, that was early on in the year. that one. I enjoyed that one primarily because you were helping me in the backyard, moving away a lot of trees, and it was just a, a joyful conversation. And I will say that's the one thing with, with Horrorversary, Adrian, it is a, it is a guest-oriented podcast, so I know that's yeah. a little bit more difficult. Thankfully, Genius and I, Dustin, Bryce and I, we kind of have our people in there. But 
I love the concept and I love the guests and I love the I just love the genuine conversations and just letting people, as you say, just have a gush fest. And yeah, I think any one of those would be fantastic ones to get going with. Well, the, thank you very much for saying that. I, I know that next year um, I'm going to make a big push to to do more episodes. We did have a lot uh, of episodes this year, you know, with the pandemic and everything and, and, and pushing it. But at the same time, you know, trying to to get everybody together when you are a guest oriented uh, show, you know, could kind of be difficult with how things were changing week to week. So hopefully next year, knock on wood with, um, you know, things getting better, we'll say, or people adapting more that, that they'll get to be more content. Now, looking forward thing, to it. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'll let you guys know when, when there's something, you know, to tell about it. But the last thing that I wanted to cover here, since, since we're, you know, we're putting 2020 to bed, we're taking it outside like old Geller. We don't know if it's sick or not, but we know it's got something and we just got to put it out of its misery. So I wanted everybody to go around and list at least one thing um, when it comes to pop culture, when it comes to movies, when it comes to just anything entertainment based that that there, you know, fills them with hope, you know, or, or something that they like to see. For next year so dustin let's start with you and what what is your your hope for 2021's entertainment world um more big releases for the theaters mm-hmm. um we, well, we saw need theaters for that don't we well we we saw 2020 pretty much crush a lot of spirits of you know and i i, I hate being regional when we talk about stuff like this but you know we're we're very blessed in having you know Screenland Armor be like a home away from home for yeah. pretty much all of us, uh-huh. you know, and to see what you know the guys at Screenland Armor had to go through not only the during the closures, then the reopening, you know, all the protocols that they had to to kind of adapt to all of the above and beyond protocols that they put in place, just to see those guys be successful enough to continue doing what they love to do allowing us to do what we love to do, you know, and go see movies in the actual theater, because I don't care what anybody says. You can have the nicest setup in your house imaginable. There is nothing, nothing compared to watching a movie in a theater with a bunch of people around, you know, there, there's no, there's, there's no feeling like that, you know? So I just want to see, you know, bigger releases, you know, more releases that allow these, smaller chains because honestly per and this is just me talking i don't care about the big theater chains because they don't care about me you know but when i walk in armor you know they 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 know who the hell i am you know every time i walk in you know they they know my order they know my drink <laughs> you know it's stuff so like true. that yeah but it's like you know that that sense of community when you can walk out of the theater and talk to the owner about the movie you just watched yeah. or talk to 15 people that you don't know standing out front having a smoke or having a drink about a movie that you just saw. You know, th- those are the kind of things that I miss and I want to see more of in 2021. All right. Well said. On to Mr. Genius McGee. What do you have for us? I'm hoping, okay, it's a, kind of a two-prong attack. One, I'm hoping that movies stop being so fucking dour all the time. <laughs> God fucking damn. It's like... I like movies. I like horror movies, but not everything has to be so fucking sad. <laughs> Shit. It doesn't have to every 
everything doesn't have to be like so steeped in such like dour commentary that you're like, God damn, when is this going to be over A24, you know? And then at the same time, I hope what people stop doing is they stop doing gatekeeping shit where it's like, oh, well, if you don't like this movie, then you just might like simple schlock and blah, blah, blah. Fuck you, I like it all, but I don't like this movie. I don't like everything to be so dour. I don't, everything doesn't have to be midsomar. Everything, we can have freaky. We can have fun stuff. We can have a good time at the movies again. It's, it just seems like all we're getting is so fucking bleak. God damn, it makes me want to turn on Hallmark. So, uh, for anyone who's here, you've probably seen uh, a number of Blu-rays or DVDs in your time that always put a little thing before you get to the main menu screen, which says, the views and opinions of the individuals on this commentary do not reflect the parent company. The views and opinions of some of things that one genius McGee says in this episode don't necessarily reflect everyone's opinion. But but I do agree. All all I all I will say is I understand that there is, you know, it, it does feel like there's an overwhelming uh, amount of of dour, but it, it's we're just at one of those points. Uh, unfortunately, if you want, I, I I can find somebody who can whip up a cocktail for you and we can put you in a coma for about 2 years or so. Oh god. But and and the only reason I'm saying that is because I think I think that's what we're going to get for about the next year, yeah, year and a half is that you're going to see more of this, and that's because when you when you have hard times, when when you have different states of oppression and and whatever the country is or whatever the state of the world is, that that the pay, way people react is to make different uh, forms of art, and I think when it comes to genre films, they're the easiest way to express that that anger or disappointment or sadness or grief that you're feeling. And so that's what comes out in the art. That doesn't mean that there's not, you know, other forms of it. I mean, there was a film that I saw at a festival that was a lot of fun. Um, that was called the boys from County hell or something like that. That was a small regional film uh, where they're dealing with basically the unearthing of the original vampire, but it's a film that that does have, you know, lots of grief in it, but it's still really funny, but it's, it's just that when you have these times in the world, either because of the pandemic or because of, you know, politics or, or, or whatever, that that that's what feeds um, people's you know artistic drive. So I do feel like the next two years will will definitely have that. You'll still have plenty of films that are, you know, happy and exciting and fun underneath it. Um, but I do think that that what you're saying is is definitely a cry to tell people, hey, Dig in there, find the stuff that's in the VOD, find the stuff that's at the film festival, because there, there's lots of stuff that's underneath that are, that's going to be like the Uncle Pecker had that, that you mentioned earlier. Right. Yeah. No, with great suffering comes great art. And like, I'm not opposed to relic. I'm not opposed to like that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, I, you know what? I can like the lighthouse and I can like Friday the 13th, too. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I just want a little bit of like fun, and I don't want to be chastised for not liking Hereditary. <laughs> so like, no, but you, but you, you don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you have to. I, I think that you can, you can have it each way. I think. I think the, th- those people are always going to be there. I think you know, kind of crapping on uh, on on people's taste and stuff like that, and it it always chaps my hide when when people have to to like make the point that that you did because it doesn't feel fair because i think that that represents like a small 
minority. It's just that those people want to yell louder than everyone else that it seems like their opinion is more important. Yeah. Your, your opinion of being able to like seven different types of a thing as opposed to just one thing, I think, is not only just as valid, but probably more valid. Uh, because you're taking the chances on those other things. The people who are doing the gatekeeping, the people who are who are doing the, oh, uh, just because you didn't like that means that you don't like the right things. It's like, no, fuck you. Go over and sit in a corner. <laughs> right. And you're putting it nicely the way I've told people off. So <laughs> That's my job. I, I want to, to try to commiserate with everyone. Speaking of trying to commiserate and, and bringing people together, Greg, what's on your list? Uh, it's appropriate you should say that because I am going to go ahead and piggyback <laughs> off what Dustin said. Uh, someone that is admittedly at best a socially awkward introvert, I didn't realize about my real only true socialize, socialization and interaction did come from my theatrical interactions. And when that got locked down initially, it was frightening. And when Screenland opened back up, obviously we went back in trying to help out any way we could, but it like Dustin said, just seeing, you know, how this local business was affected. And again, it's beyond just going, it's a place where, you know, we watch movies. It's where we have family members, you know, these, all you, all you people are members of my film family. You know, we all love movies. We love each other. We've come together as a community and we've got this place that we can support. And I just hope people will come out a little bit more. Uh, I saw more people out for wonder and I will just say anyone that's listening, it is a socially distanced theater. Masks are required. This is not the Wild West. You know, people are not just sitting and breathing on each other. You know, they've set up parameters. But even seeing more people come out for Wonder Woman, it was nice to see. Yeah, it was. You yep. know, to see more people coming out and supporting this really great little community that we have. And I'll even admit, I lament the loss of our Alamo. I know that does come with a disclaimer as well, talking about, it, you know, VFW mm -hmm. and what have you. There's obviously a lot of stuff going on with that. But, Adrian, I'm not going to lie, man. I miss Terror Tuesday like nobody's dirty business, my friend. I, That's you know. because you haven't been over at my house. I have Terror Tuesday every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you give yourself posters? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It's, the, it's just the same uh, a gold member poster over and over and over. <laughs> I give myself film club stamps, so don't feel bad. I was hoping for Sister Act 2, but no, completely. I understand, man. <laughs> it's like little things like that. I, I do miss the community that was created, but you know what? That community still exists. We just co coexist elsewhere. We'll, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. I mean, I don't, I don't have, you know, the power and, you know, I'll continue to, to, to play the lottery to, to, to you know, open a theater that's just Terror Tuesday and it's closed every other day of the week and operate it that way. But, uh, but no, I mean, there's the, 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 there's got to be a way that we can do something like that in the future for for the city and the community. Mm -hmm. All right, and last but not least, I, I see him very excited over here. <laughs> he's he's still awake. I think it's past his bedtime, so we'll, it, it kind of we'll is past my to, bedtime, but. We'll, I, we'll 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 go quickly for you, but okay. Bryce, what do you what do you hope for? I, I really feel like both Dustin and and Greg said it very nicely. I I miss the community out there at Screenland Armor. We used to host at least once well, once a month out there at Screenland Armor, and we haven't done so since the pandemic hit. We actually did a um, a Christmas screening for the first time since March, and uh, I was sitting in the middle of uh, the playlist, and I was like, man, I miss this. So. Uh, but I think 2020 is like the gift 
that keeps on giving <laughs> in the sense that like there was a lot of like comebacks for a lot of nostalgic stuff this year. For instance, um, we had the Kinder Ghostbuster toys get re-released this year. And uh, there was talk about Ecto Cooler being re-released with um, Afterlife and stuff. So uh, what I hope for 2021 is Orbits. You guys remember that drink, the Orbits <laughs> drink that looks like that's, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Maybe that will cure COVID. I, I don't know. No, no love. Oh, he's going on a rant. We need to cut him off, Bryce. We need to cut you off. I didn't realize this was going to turn political. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I didn't realize you were going to tell crazy. everybody that that you you have a medical degree and that orbits is going to cure people. Hey, you and don't that you're know. You're going to go all Stay on cool. Jill Austin's show in a couple days, and and the you're going to pedal it. And it's yeah, the the doctors with Doctor Oz. It's yes. This one can that's seventy five ninety nine yep, plus on shipping eBay. and handling. Yep. I, I don't know, man. You never know. It's it's worth giving it a try. <laughs> well, uh, the, que- the the question is, do you mean bring orbits back as in yes. like they they start to make it anew exactly. or somebody's done like a, a dinosaur Dracula where they, they found like the last case that was well, made of orbits it's, that it's no one's opened? It's funny that you say that because my, my co-host God. Jamie did a little like YouTube show a while back. It was a few years back where he would try like outdated like candy and he actually drank a full thing of orbits. And he oh. called like the poison hotline before that. He's like, hey, uh, so this thing's like uh, expired back in 95. You think it's safe to drink? And the woman's like, are you kidding? No, it's definitely not safe to drink. He's like, okay, great. I just want to get a professional opinion. Hung up on her and started chugging and drink it. it. Yes. And he said that was the worst shit he had ever had. But but no, I, I really wish that they would like bring it back. They don't, I'm not talking about the old stuff. Like I'm talking about like maybe reinvented a little bit. Same packaging, like. I would love to see that in 2021. Yeah, we have <laughs> we have surge. Yes, we do. They had they had tab for a period of uh, time. Tabs out, but we had Crystal Pepsi for a while. You don't speak that fucking name. Oh, too late. Don't you speak <laughs> that fucking <laughs> name? Don't bring that evil on this show. I'm out, y'all. <laughs> those the you don't say those words together. I'm sorry. That's a that's a blight on humanity. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You know that soda that you really love? What if we made it clear and told you it tastes exactly the same? Okay, but does it actually taste exactly the same? Yeah. No, it tastes like literal shit. It, does. it has like the worst <laughs> feeling on your teeth. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to feel like you're dying while you're drinking a soda? And not like figuratively, you're just putting it into your body. And you know, it's still eating away. But no, drink it and feel like, oh, I can feel my soul evaporating from my body right now. Crystal Pepsi. It's <laughs> the new way to Pepsi. It's got that like. Oh, you yes. see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But Orbits, man. It's okay. It's going to come back. But Orbits. Orbits is okay. Yeah. Orbits is okay. That other thing. We will not speak about. Okay. It's, and uh, I don't really, I don't really have um, a hope for 2021, and that's because I don't want to say anything that that could actually happen then doesn't happen because we don't know what's going to happen. But we've referenced something on the show many many different times, and that's because if you look down at the date right now, this is being recorded on 12:29. About oh. a month from now, will mark a year. Since this group of people were in the same place. And that was Panic Fest for, for this year. And what's in, we, we could go on for Panic Fest for a while, but we're not. But the only reason why I mentioned Panic Fest is one of the things that was weird this year in, in a different way than just the way it was already weird. Was that 
that was one of the few film festivals that happened. You had that, you had Sundance, and <clears throat> when it got to later in the year, and like a couple other countries, they had small film festivals that could open, but not in the way that they normally were, because they would only have like a fourth capacity in a theater for, for stuff like that. But it's I I hope that when it's okay to, to go back into the world in mass, that you have people who... Um, because of the love that we've been talking about with film and stuff that they want to go to film festivals, not, not just panic fest here, but just film festivals in all the towns, you know, and basically everywhere that people live, they have a version of panic fest might not be as cool as panic fest or as well known as panic fest, but there's a good chance that they have a film festival that's somewhere within the town or within an hour of where, where they live. And it's just a big difference for not having film festivals this year, big or small in that traditional way. Yes, they did have some that were online and, and you got to see a great collection of films, but being able to go to the theaters and see these movies and then talk about them afterwards, you can go to the theater and you can see wonder woman and have a great experience. That's fine. But getting to go to, you know, a, a Cinepocalypse or a fantastic fest or the, the overlook film festival or Boston underground or, uh, Telluride uh, Horror or Brooklyn Horror or any of those film festivals or Panic Fest doesn't matter what it is but going to see a, a small film that you might not normally get to see and sit in the theater with people and have that experience that's something that I'm looking forward to possibly you know next year Be, because it's it's something that you can't fully uh, replicate the experience of and for uh, burgeoning filmmakers or filmmakers who who were maybe you know on the outs with a studio and had to go back to the indie world and, and are you know are trying to make a passion project and stuff like that those those films are really important to to film festivals you know as well as creating a community of people in that town but then raising up these movies themselves so it, it means a lot to be recording this you know just about a month and a year from from when we were last all together and stuff and 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 look forward to the time where where we can you know be together at stuff like that in the future yeah and i, I think that they Agreed. did uh, tricks and treats pretty well online of course like i definitely miss like stepping out of the theater into a, a group of people and be like dude did you have you seen that yet have you seen vhs yet and like spend an hour talking to people about that or convincing somebody to buy a ticket to go see that i i miss that experience a lot so i totally agree with you i can't wait until we're actually able to go in masses to those festivals mm-hmm. that's what matters now of course because we've had everybody who's got their podcast and everything I, I want everybody to go around and let everybody know you know uh where they can find your guys show mm-hmm. on social media and where they can find you on social media so bryce we're going to start like with and you subscribe <laughs> rate and review <laughs> um so we are in the process of moving our uh, title, our podcast, into like our own title and like RSS feed. Um, right now, you can find us on uh, Boom Howdy on any platform. But you can also find uh, the Forever Bogus podcast on any platform too. We're working on converting all that over. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Forever underscore Bogus. We have our daily nostalgic bogus polls, is what we like to call it, bringing your uh, your daily nostalgia that you need to get to get throughout the day. And then um, we're actually going to be streaming some more stuff on um, the Screenland Patreon. So if you definitely go check out the Screenland Patreon, I think it's like 2 or $5 for the lowest tier to get access to all their podcasts 
and all of their uh, uh, videos and content and stuff that everyone's put together. You can see all the old 90s playlists and stuff on there as well that we've screened in there in the past, as well as we did like online. So I think those are the three main areas that you can find us and uh, enjoy that 90s and 80s and early odds uh, nostalgia. All right, and jumping over onto the Nightmare Junkhead crew, where can everybody find your guys' stuff? Just search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, and we'll definitely pop up. And of course, uh, social media, Twitter Nightmare Junk, Facebook Nightmare Junkhead. And review us on Apple. (laughs) (laughs) On on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Mm -hmm. Don't just go to an Apple at a grocery store, and start talking <laughs> just, to it. just fucking write nightmare junkhead rules and shit on there. Yeah. It winds up being the apple with the razor blade in it. And stuff like that. <laughs> Four stars. I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right, and then what about the uh, Media Rewind podcast, there, Dustin? Well, you can find us at uh, Media Rewind Pod on the Twitterverse, mm-hmm. uh, Media Rewind on the Facebooks. Uh, the Googles, you'll probably pop up some weird search, so you don't want to. You definitely clear your browser history after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much where you can find us. Don't forget to smash that like button, right? And then like Nightmare oh, Junkin, we're on uh, Facebook under Nightmare and like the Twitter, and we have then my OnlyFans, and then um, <laughs> his OnlyFans. I can't wait to know. Find no. us on Twitter and 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 Grinder and like fucking <laughs> what. What what other apps are there like um Tinder? Well, they definitely swipe left now. Right. <laughs> Nobody has Goodness. a TikTok here. I guess we're we're all over thirty, so I guess we don't don't apply. What, what, what's the TikToks? The only TikToks that I do are when my knees or when I'm walking. Like, <laughs> that's the only fucking TikToks I do. <laughs> what am I gonna get there and just? Everybody needs to, to to yell at at Bryce to get um, forever bogus on Twitter. Man, I I I have a Twitter. I just I don't understand the Twitterverse. I don't understand it. It just it makes no it's sense. It's a cesspool. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you for saying that. I will continue to avoid it <laughs> and just go with the Instagram, which is a cesspool with photos. It is. You're absolutely right. Well, now it's like Instagram shop. Everyone has to have a shop on there. It's a complete BS. So I don't know. Maybe, well, I, maybe I'll try out the TikTok. I don't know. No, no. That's going to be the, the, the TikTok has even more influencers. <laughs> well, maybe I'll be an influencer. The bogus influencer on TikTok. <laughs> Come on. Everybody's already weaponizing um, nostalgia. Do you really want to join that fight? Can, uh, can I be a bad influencer? <laughs> there we go. I like that you, idea. You already are a bad influencer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the devil that pops up on everybody's shoulder. You already are, for me at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, have your Bill, you have your Bill Cosby voice for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's that's because the wrong, it's that's the wrong devil on the wrong shoulder, man. <laughs> That's the you need to update your 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 devil. Have you I seen know. the update that it has? I, I've got to update that. I got to get the firmware for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really hope that you guys in, in, enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, as half as much fun as we had recording it. But th- this is going to be something that we're going to try to do in the future when we can. Maybe not everybody from this group. You know, maybe we'll have some guests on and stuff like that. But just you know, talk about movies that we're watching. Talk about stuff that's going on and and pop culture all over the place. But we wanted to get this started, you know, to, to end the year on, on the right note as we, we look forward with all our, our hopes and dreams and everything. So, 
You know what? Good riddance to 2020. Long live 2021. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody.